This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast, sponsored by Bemidji State University and Northwest Technical College. The Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast is also sponsored by Visit Bemidji and Grant Haven Campground. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors covers the lakes, woods, trails, wildlife, and anything else going on outdoors in Paul Bunyan's Playground. Bemidji State University might be the place for you when it comes to college. They're located amid the lakes and forests of the Northwoods, and it's the only place in Minnesota where you can earn a four-year degree in aquatic biology. It's a state-of-the-art program on the shores of Lake Bemidji, giving you high-tech lakeside facilities and ample opportunity for research and a hands-on education. You can choose fisheries biology, aquatic systems, or wetlands ecology. An aquatic biology education at Minnesota's premier Northwoods University. It's the right fit for you. Visit BemidjiState.edu. Great show today as we check in with Brian Bro Brosdahl after the opener, find out how he did, what he expects to come next. And all kinds of other cool stuff, including his first ever Fast Five. When planning your trip up north, plan to park your RV or camper at the spacious Grand Haven RV Campground in Bemidji. You'll be in the perfect area to ride ATV, fish, hunt, and hike. With free parking for your boats and trailers and located just off Highway 2 west of Bemidji, Grand Haven Campground is the center point for your next Northland adventure. Fish hundreds of surrounding lakes and cruising the miles and miles of the ATV trails northern Minnesota has to offer. Visit GrantHavenCampground.com and book your stay today. Well, the opener has come and gone, and now we're fully into the fishing season, so it's time to check in once again with Bro Brosdahl of Bro's Guide Service. Hey, Bro, welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me, Kev. How was opening weekend for you besides windy? Oh, it, you know, it was it was really a beautiful morning. Uh, we, we got out on the water super early, and every opener, well, you know, it's kind of this thing. I want to open in a different spot every year, and it's getting harder to find a spot that I haven't been to. Uh I have some uh, friends from the I Falls Bass Tournament up in International Falls, and they they kept at me. And finally, I said, "Okay, I'll make the drive." And I went up to Rainy Lake, and my first impression was, "Is this place closed? There's <laughs> nobody up there. Nobody on the roads. Nobody on the lake." And to find out, the ice went out the day before. Oh, so I lived near Winnie. I lived near Leech, Cass, and I'm on those lakes all all uh, spring and summer, uh, but I just decided to try it, and while well, we, uh, the three boats got our limit in 45 minutes, and actually Heather and I were just waiting for them to get done so we could head back and go to Thunderbird to get a sandwich, but uh, uh, Rainy Lake is pretty amazing, but I think it's the beauty, but, uh, you know, the the fishing there was uh, pretty uh, uh, astonishing, and I was actually back home at 2 o'clock. <laughs> well. So very, very efficient trip. It was very efficient, and, you know, I, I, I just wanted to get back and get stuff done. I had my last podcast and things, and to get up to date with what's going on. And opener was uh, hot and cold uh, for, for me and my friends in other areas. Uh, 
I, I made sure to check out everything with everybody, and uh, one of my buddies as far away as Ottertail just absolutely crushed the fish, but he was using crankbaits. That's a really clear, clear lake, and uh, he, as soon as it got dark, he started trolling. He couldn't keep him off his line. He was using the Rumble Shiner, and uh, which is a good testament to that bait. Um, you know, lakes like Black Duck, Island, Round, um, all those lakes were really good. Uh, for most of the people who fish really, really shallow and uh, Red Lake, the, the males up there are super fat, and they, they've been, uh, some of them have been up to 22 inches. Wow. It's just an amazing fishery, and a lot of people fishing in the river. And so uh, it's kind of a neat year. High water, uh, lots of flooding, and uh, uh, so I, I think this is a good year, and it helps. It doesn't matter if it's Lake Bemidji, if it's Gull Lake in Brainerd, if it's uh, any lake anywhere. When you get high water, you get more nutrients in the lake. It's just good for everything. Uh, there's more habitat, more spawning area, uh, and uh, fish can go farther up. Cricks, and some of these rivers were dry last summer, and people were taking <laughs> four-wheelers on a, on a little uh, run up these things, and now they're full of water, and the fish are in them, and it's really a cool year. That's that's something to be really thankful for. I mean, who knew what, was, what, what this summer could have brought us? And, and still, summer could be dry, but... Uh, at least we know now there is water back in the rivers, there's water back on the lakes, and that is great news. Absolutely. I got a 40-foot dock, and when I put it in, I set it on bricks to line it up, and it was in the water, and the water was up to the bottom. And then when I took it out last fall, I could use tennis shoes because the whole thing was out of the water. Mm. Wow. <laughs> now it's higher than than before, and i, I got to say that uh, there's that's a good thing. So we're lucky to have it and to get it back and. um I just hope that uh, we can have bait. You know, it's getting harder to get bait because of invasives, and I understand why uh, uh, rules are in place and stuff. I just hope we can get bait. And, you know, plastics work, but they don't always work. And as guides, uh, me and my uh, fellows, uh, we're, you know, bait is important to us. It's it's a it's success, you know, to have bait. So I hope, I hope uh, our friends over at the DNR will uh, give us a little olive branch with the bait here and uh but we we can get some on cranks you can get some on plastics but we're still a we're still a minnow area and uh we really need minnows to make it in these super clear lakes where the fish follow your bait before they hit what were you using on rainy deep v jigs uh green chartreuse and fatheads and that's the thing in my area here shiner's king I mean, there's mm-hmm. lakes that you're definitely going to do way better. You know, the whole cast chain, Bemidji, Irvin, uh, and uh, Winnie, uh, Leech, all the way down to, you know, uh, Whitefish Chain and Gull. You know, uh, Shiners are super important, but small lakes and Rainy Lake, all you need is fatheads. They would hit the fatheads like it was a piece of candy. They just absolutely loved it, and... And tried different colors. Uh, the water was a little bit darker than normal, but yes, a uh, little tea stained. But they absolutely love deep V jigs and just a fathead. And you didn't need a giant fathead, which is pretty cool. That that makes life really easy there. We brought leeches and uh, spot tails, and it's a simple fathead on a jig really crushed them, and it was pretty amazing. And now, as time goes on, from what I hear, you know, and I don't guide on rainy. I'm just a visitor. 
uh, it, the fish get bigger and bigger, and pretty soon all the 20 to 23 inches start biting. Then, then you really got some, some battles on your hands. But uh, over the weekend on Leech Lake, lots of big fish were caught, and people really earned it. There's big waves out there, and, and uh, basically uh, a lot of uh, fellow anglers were just hiding from the wind and still catching fish in areas. And Leech is such a big, sprawling lake that you could always find a place to get out of the wind based on the points and how they lay. And uh, all you got to do is be semi-close to shore. I mean, if, if there's some rocks and hard bottom areas, these areas that get a lot of waves and wind, have gravel, have rocks, and are, have perfect spawning habitat. And bigger fish caught there, and in numbers, and uh, from the north side to the even the south side. The south side, a lot of big fish caught. Um, so er, I got friends on every bay there, and uh, from what I know, lots of big fish, and then a little bit uh, more eaters going to the northwest as you get uh, in the shallower bays. And of course, uh, you would uh, you're going to want to do jig and minnow shallow to start out. Uh, that's going to be about your ninety percent uh, success rate this time of year. Absolutely, and you can use a um, a fireball jig head and add a stinger hook if you're in sand or or, or some rocks. If you're getting some short bites, and uh, but you know for the most part uh, you want to. Um, you want to use that and leave the stinger hook uh, hanging loose because when the fish comes up to swipe at it, the stinger hook will go in their mouth. And uh, so, uh, you know, just definitely leave the stinger hook loose on the fireball jig head. But the fireball jig heads, I, I, I love them in riprap rocks in different areas. They're a little less snaggy. They don't get hung up. And so great for uh, fishing in, in some rougher areas. But I do love the long shank fireballs for hook and shiners. Walleyes tend to short strike. They're very accurate feeders, and their eyes are forward on their head, and they'll come up and grab your minnow. Even if you're jigging it and hopping it, they always have it back by the dorsal fin, and this is how they bite your minnow in half. This is how they they actually pull it off your hook. But with a long shank fireball, you can you can double hook it, you know, the old Canadian style of hooking. Uh, go in the mouth, come out the gill, and then go back in, leaving that long shank far back. And if you ever uh, have questions about that, go to NorthlandTackle.com, and we did a video on double hooking a shiner, and it's simple. And there's a couple of different ways to do it. But leave the hook in the minnow, and it's weedless. Point the hook out just a little bit, and you've got a weapon for short-striking fish. It sounds like your tradition for for fishing uh, on opener is to uh, to ha- not be a working weekend. Is that correct? Absolutely. I, I've I've done it for many many years, and now it's a family weekend. And uh, you know, it's it's super busy. It's you get into situations where there's nowhere to park <laughs> uh, your boat, your truck. Been through it. Been, I've had I have secret accesses all over the place, but even those are getting busy now and. Opening weekend is is one big party of Minnesota, and uh, and so I might as well uh, spend it with Heather and her her uh, our family. You know, it's just more important to be with family, and as you'll see, uh, with a lot of uh, the, the the fishermen of the area, even guides and pros, it's a family weekend, and it's it's, it's something for that. But I'll get my share of uh, trips in <laughs> here coming up. I might disappear until November. 
Yeah. Until I'm in my boat. <laughs> Much more to come with Bro Brosnall, including his first foray into the Fast Five. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. If you're ready to write the next chapter of your life and love the outdoors, Northwest Technical College might be the perfect fit. Northwest Technical College in Bemidji has state-of-the-art technical education and six career paths in the heart of the Northwoods. Automotive, building trades, business, health, child care, and manufacturing technology. We're surrounded by more than 400 lakes and acres and acres of forests. You can be fishing, you can be hunting, and you can be plotting the course of your life all at the same place. The shortest path to your dream job begins at Northwest Technical College, Bemidji's Technical College. Learn more today. Visit ntcmn.edu. One of the best guys and anglers in Paul Bunyan country and the nation is Brian Bro Brosdahl. It's always a treat when he's on the show. And Bro, as we head into this season, any new toys out there that you're enamored with right now? Well, you know, I I, uh, I love Mega Live, and I know Ford Viewing has been out there for a while. Kind of uh, came on, came on the scene by accident, but uh, it's vitally important in tournaments and, and stuff like that. It's still hard to beat side imaging. Like the Hubbinbird side imaging was the was the leader in that type of uh, side viewing, and 360s really brought it forward. But now you can have side imaging, 360 mounted on your front trolling board. And mega live, so you could point and see fish that are elevated from the bottom, and even cast them. Uh, it's it's pretty cool. I, I'd say that that is uh, technology is really kind of paving the way uh, in everything. And then um, more high definition Aquaview cameras that are small, seven inch screen that fits in your pocket, and you can mount in your boat. And how is that important when you can see everything? There are times when you're on a school of fish and they don't bite and you drop the camera, and they're suckers. And I've watched many times, and people have heard this, and they know. And I know there's anglers out there that will look to see if they are truly walleyes, and you'll know what I mean. The lakes have really big suckers that are like three to five pounds, and if it looks too good to be true and you're not getting bit, it probably is too good to be true. (laughs) That's why I have the Aquaview on board. And then uh, I really like the deep V hair jigs. Um, If we do get a, a kind of a a bait crisis here because some of our small ponds froze out and they're going to have a hard time getting bait. Um, and you can put a small minnow or a chunk of worm in that uh, the hair jigs are super popular right now. It's kind of exploding on the scene, and Northland has deep V hair jigs. And the whole idea is you, you just put a little bit of bait on there for scent, and it acts just like a big minnow, all that puff, that puff of hair on the back. And they have great uh, perch patterns and stuff. So I'm super excited about that and, and something different than, than plastics. But And then the Rumble series of crankbaits, um, just because they're, they're a true craft, they're heat-compression molded balsa with through wire. So it's not like here's a chunk of plastic, you know what I mean? There, mm-hmm. There's some real, there's some real uh, uh, cool products coming from Northland. And then uh, I would say I'm, I'm excited about my Lund boat from Ray's. Um, it's a Lund 219 glass, and uh, I was in the uh, other glass boat for many years, and uh, I came to the light from the dark side, and uh, I'm, I'm super impressed with uh, how, they, how they ride through the water. But 
if you'll notice, and, and Kev, you see it, there are the boats are bigger and bigger and more equipped than ever. The resorts who had harbors and places to park, the, the boats don't fit. You, you get a handful of boats and the harbor's full, and uh, uh, it's really, uh, really cool. And fishing's really come a long way, and uh, Lund has really created some beautiful boats. And and my Mercury, we could talk when we were cruising. Uh, for uh, 45 minutes to a spot on Rainy Lake, uh, we can talk over the motor because it's so quiet. And uh, so that's that's kind of the stuff that's really cool. And uh, you know, as far as being able to make your own maps on lakes, if if there is no map, that's hummingbird. You know, they it's not just okay. You got the four viewing. You've got the ability to create a map. And in Bemidji area and Grand Rapids and Brainerd, there's still lakes out there that haven't been mapped. And you make it and you own it, you know. Mm. So it's that that's really cool. And then you can run your boat from anywhere uh, with Bluetooth and and all that stuff. Uh, so I, I would say that's kind of what I'm seeing. It, it's really cool to be able to go out and be efficient. And I, I think uh, I, I like too where we're going with the panfish regs too. Uh, you know, they're, they're delicious, but I mean, you know, they're still grocery stores too. I mean, <laughs> We don't need to wipe out a herd of uh, big panfish because we're kind of like the last area in the United States that really has truly good northern strain of bluegills and, and big slab crappies. And, uh, you know, so it's, it's kind of nice. It's, it's nice to have them. It's nice to catch them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we don't need huge, like a trunk load of them. Yeah, I'm excited about uh, the the you know, the forward thinking of the DNR. And, I, and I'm also always impressed with the forward thinking of Minnesota anglers who tend to back this stuff and don't fight about it and and uh, understand why it's being done. So I, I think we're going to be in good shape uh, panfish-wise. Absolutely. And, and walleyes, there's, there seems to be more walleyes than I ever remember. Every lake has good year classes of walleyes coming up. And uh, you see it right now in an opener because most of the fish they're catching are males. And uh, you, you can just see the health of the lake. And uh, some of the lakes that have been quiet for years are just on fire. And, you know, look at the success story of Winnie. Winnie is absolutely full of fish. And uh, it was really limited on ice fishing pressure. There really wasn't a lot of pressure for many years. And uh, new programs and stocking. And now uh, last fall it exploded. So it is on the map now. Um, Leech Lake. Uh, has uh, there's not another lake that produces as many over 20s like 23 to 27 inch walleyes yeah. I know of. I mean, it, it just has the great, uh, great fishing. And you know, even uh, some friends on Gull Lake, the walleyes are just loaded in that lake. And uh, it, it's doesn't. I don't think it's the fishing pressure. It gets boat traffic, but not as much fishing pressure. And so it's it's been a good year. And in some lakes. Ice fishing, that was a tough winter. Ice fishing pressure was down uh, 60, 70%. So you're going to see that in the summer bite. And uh, it doesn't take that long uh, for a lake to really recoup uh, with, with lack of pressure. Yeah, I was going to say, I, and there's a lot of extra fish in a lot of lakes this year. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's really cool. And even uh, some of the shore spots, I mean, you, you take uh, everywhere from Malax all the way to the border, in our area, there in you know I have a, a beautiful boat, but I could catch walleyes any time of day, 
right now, this time of year, offshore, all over the place. Mm-hmm. And the, the current is really gushing out of, out of some of the rivers, and they're just loaded. And I, it, when's the last time we've seen all these boats up in the Tamarack River? That's That gives you an idea. So it's, uh, it's going to be really good. But we're going to see. This fight's going to continue unless something wild happens to the weather, like last year where we got almost 100 degrees in in the beginning of June. Yeah. It's, it should just be fantastic. And that's why everybody stock up on deep V jigs because when you jig them, they flip side to side because of that V, and they're pill-shaped. And uh, that's a shape that, for many years, a fellow tournament angler myself, we used to make that uh, shape. And uh, and go through all these hoops to do it, and now you can just go out and buy it. It's just sitting right there. And uh, you know, colors. Everybody has their favorite color, but in our area with uh, with perch and everything, you can't beat parrot. Parrot has all the all the colors. It's just like a it's like an M M&M and M cookie. It's it just it's it's really loaded with color and it's ready to go. Um, as far as the the shops, Red Lake. Is, it was really coughing up a lot of uh, shiner, so we're really set now. And uh, in a couple weeks, <laughs> we'll find out. But uh, by then, when the bug hatches ha- come on, night crawlers, night crawlers always work. Walleyes love night crawlers. And if you get out of our state into Dakotas and anywhere south, it's a night crawler thing. They, that's all they need to use, but still, it's a minnow thing here. But as the insect hatches start happening, midge flies, uh, then the mayflies come out later, uh, night crawlers. And leeches become fantastic. And on small lakes, it's hard to beat a stand-up fireball jig and a leech. Again, it's it's jigging minnow right now, no question about it. But what what are the benchmarks you look for that make you uh, know it's maybe time to start shifting to a different presentation? Well, you know, if if you're if you've got a school of fish there and they're not hitting your minnows, uh, especially Bemidji is one of those lakes that loves leeches. Um, make sure you got leeches in. Jigging leeches don't have to be giant ones. Uh, a short shank fireball in a, a 1 16th or 8th ounce uh, pitched with a uh, sucker hooked leech and, and just slowly kind of bring it through. You'd be surprised. There are times when you'll just outfish every bait in the boat with a leech. And that's why for many years in our area, I never go anywhere without just simple fathead minnows. Fathead minnows... Are, are you know they've spilt enough in our lakes and it's since the 50s that they actually exist and uh, golden shiners exist and sucker mills as last year when the shiners disappeared I was jigging with uh, pike suckers and doing really well on guide trips with pike suckers and um, you know they're natural to the lake and in a lot of boat harbors and uh, along shorelines you'll see little little suckers swimming along and that those are the suckers they get big later but uh they work really well and they're natural to the lake they don't kick around like a red tail or creek chub on your hook when you're using a rig but if you're dragging a roach rig you definitely want uh you know a red tail uh especially gull lake and and leech lake everything likes eating red tails so there's no wrong time to have red tails but the streams are pretty high so they're probably pretty hard to get and creek chubs it just it's a it's a big soft minnow with no spines and and the fish just eat it and that's a big fish bait uh so lots of bait load up if they have leeches get some jigging size you know medium large is all you need and the fish recognize it right away and um 
they'll they'll hammer on it. Um, if you do want to throw plastics, uh, impulse paddle tails or smelt minnows work really well. And uh, when the fish are biting, they're not they're if they're really chomping, they're not going to follow behind. You know, like in their typical behavior, they're just going to come up and hit it. And the paddle tails are nice at lakes uh, and in rivers, but uh, for the most part, uh, the smelt minnow is probably the number one. Then a little fork in the tail really draws fish in. Um, a key, another key bait, as you get up the Lake of the Woods and around our area, um, is the thumper head or whistler head. Any little propeller or spinner blade really draws in fish. And a sunrise thumper head on Lake of the Woods or Rainy River in a 3-8 ounce is pretty hard to beat. And in our area, lighter weights. Um, they work really well. That that little flickering spinner, when a fish is behind tailing it, is going to trigger a bite. Still to come, Bro tells us about his podcast, and he endures his first Fast Five. It's all coming up. This is Toby Kavalivan. All of us at LOA are proud to make Kev Jackson sound smart. Sort of. This is Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Hi, this is Dick Beardsley. Bemidji Area Fishing Guide. I'd like to invite you to come to our beautiful town of Bemidji. We've got over 400 lakes in our area teeming with walleye, pike, muskie, bass, and panfish. We're the gateway to the Chippewa National Forest. We've got miles upon miles of biking and hiking trails. Paul Bunyan and Babe the Blue Ox. Fine shops and eateries in downtown Bemidji. Headwaters of the mighty Mississippi at Itasca State Park. Beautiful resorts, hotels, and bed and breakfasts. Visit Bemidji one step further. Our good friend Brian Bro Brosdahl is joining the show today. And Bro, tell me all about your multimedia adventures. You you got your own podcast now, and and you're basically on everybody else's podcast too. Well, I, I try to help out wherever I can, and uh, I like to help help the sponsors out as much as possible. And we had a real cabin fever type of winter, so <laughs> yeah. Bro Roadshow, and the Bro Roadshow initially was. I would go to stores and visit places throughout the Midwest, and I had I had my name on lures and rods. So you want to go in and make sure it ha- it you know it works. And got to meeting people, and it was really cool, and uh, I loved it. And uh, but then we got struck by that bug, the bat virus. So uh, I decided to go viral, and the the Bro Roadshow podcast has been fantastic and we just finished it we don't go perpetually every single week mm-hmm. uh we we do it in the fall to do a precursor to ice fishing and then in in the spring summer now and just to talk about techniques and where to go and destinations um so i've had guests on from minnesota uh ohio uh detroit uh dakotas um just about how fishing is everywhere in Fishing enthusiasts and tournament anglers like to travel to sea, and then they come back where they live in Minnesota and appreciate what you have because there's no one uh, tailgating you because we're not overpopulated here and we have ample lakes. But there's some really cool places to visit, and I, I, I try to bring that up and fishing throughout the country. Um, and then, uh, of course, it started out as College of Ice and then turned into the Bro Roadshow Ice Um and so it'll come back next late summer, around October-ish, and into November to talk about what's new in technology and where ice is forming for the the ice heads. Because 
people are real passionate about their sports, whether it's open water, because you, you, you see reports on the Internet, uh, uh, this lake's starting to open a little bit and pictures and people get excited. Well, it's the same with ice. So it's the beginning of a season, and there's some anticipation, and people get super excited. You know, as one who is uh, is getting interviewed a lot from a lot of different people, you, you're probably more familiar with the fact. And I think we, we know that we're a destination for people, but at the same time when you live here, you don't really understand how, uh, how big a deal Minnesota fishing is to so many other parts of the nation. Oh, it is. It's their, it's their getaway uh, for people from the Mid-South, Indiana, uh, Iowa, uh, Missouri, uh, Nebraska, Florida, and some are not just snowbirds. Some actually live in Florida that come up here to fish. I have a guy from uh, uh, Tallahassee that comes up, and he just loves eating walleyes. And and so there's there's people that come here, and they're not here. They just they want to eat a they want to eat a walleye because walleyes. If if you're a saltwater fisherman and you fish all the time, and this might be good, that might be good. They all say hands down they love our walleye, so we're spoiled. I mean, we got really clean waters. Our fish aren't, they're not so bad that you have to keep cutting mud lines out or, oh, you got to take that off there. You know, there is no nastiness to our fish. They're absolutely delicious. You don't have to cut nothing off these fish. You might have to, like, dig a, a mud line or a blood line out of an eerie fish or bleed them in the well. But around here, I, I do have clients that ask, could you bleed them out in the well? They're like, wow, we just hooked them, and now you want to cut its throat? Yeah. <laughs> you know, cause when you clean them later, in, in Minnesota, you don't need to cut their, I mean, you don't really don't need it. Just wash them. I mean, they, uh, I, I don't I don't see any difference in taste. But if you get some of these other places, oh, you know, cut, cut their throat, bleed them out, cut your line, and throw them away, you know? Yeah. I don't know. But, uh it's still fun to catch them, but yeah, this this is a super important place for everybody, and we're super spoiled. And some of the tournament anglers in Bemidji, Brainerd, uh, Otter Tail, uh, Battle Lake, uh, Grand Rapids, Minnesota, are sort of the best walleye anglers in the world. And uh, look where they're at. Look, mm-hmm. you know, they've they've got a great uh, practice field here. There's so many lakes, um, you know, and that's that's not even getting into Park Rapids. Nice. I had a chance to fish that a little bit last last year, and there's some amazing lakes there, right just out of town, and they're loaded with walleyes, giant bass, and uh, and big pike that are just kind of a little bit under the radar, and and then just keep traveling. Detroit lakes, uh, you know, you kind of turn it that turns into like the, the a panfish belt too. Besides walleyes. The, there's there's just simply more panfish as you go a little bit west and south, uh, but we have big ones and they're old but they're big. Uh, so there's a lot of destinations and you know look at uh, the the DNR websites uh, what they get in their trap nets. Otter tail has I don't know was it ten times the state lift. I mean that thing is absolutely stuffed full of fish, but you still have to know how to fish it. And the same with cast leech winnie. Um, and I, I pick on those three because they're right in the middle of the target, and with a zillion lakes around, the you know, Kagama is another lake that everybody loves and has giant fish. But it is a fickle lake, and <laughs> you know it goes for a very short amount of time, and you got to be there and be really good at it. And uh, but 
there's some there's some cool stuff around for sure. Well, listen, bro. If people want to uh, use you as their guide to Minnesota lakes, uh, how do they get lined up? Just go to brosguideservice.com and follow anything with Bro or Brian Bro Brostal, and you can follow along my adventures because I try to post stuff so people can learn how to catch fishes where they're at. Before we wrap it up, are you familiar with the Fast Five? Oh, Fast Five, I'm not sure. Okay, that's a new feature we have so that our listeners can learn a little bit more about uh, our guests. Where we ask you five quick questions, you got to give me a, a quick answer. Absolutely. Some fishing-oriented, some not. Are you ready to go? Yes. Okay. Three. Five. Fast Five. Question number one. I think I know the answer to this one, but... What's your favorite fish to catch? Big bluegills. Question number two. What's your favorite fish to eat? Walleye. Question number three, and I think I know the answer to this one. Hard water or soft water? Love ice fishing. Yeah, you're the first, and I predict, only one who's answered the question that way. Number four. (laughs) Dogs or cats? Neither. Wow. I can't go fishing if I have one. <laughs> That's you know, a... you got to come home early. Question number five. Ginger or Marianne? Ginger. Ginger. See, I'd have figured you for a Marianne guy because she'd go fishing. Well, us ginger's got to stick together. <laughs> Valid point. And we're rare, too. We're rare on this earth. We won't exist in 20,067 or something like that. <laughs> well, I was a ginger, but uh, my hair no longer exists, so I, I'm out of the club now. Well, just let it get a little sunburnt, and you'll be ginger again. Hey, bro, bros, always great to have you on the show. Thanks for taking the time today. Yeah, thanks for having me, and everybody, good luck fishing. Keep your life jacket on. That's it for this time. I'm Kev Jackson. Thank you for spending time with us. Lots of good stuff coming up this week, including Chuck Hazzy of Leisure Outdoor Adventures tomorrow. He endures his first Fast Five as well. And let me leave you with these last words from the attractive and intelligent Jason Durham. I would say that the listeners of Fish and Paul Bunyan Country are the smartest people on earth. Fish the Bunyan Country, country.